not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. I'm at Lottie's, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's, and I'm excited about today's show, because it's going to rock. Not going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 70 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we're going to go ahead and go back down memory lane a little bit, just like we did last week, only we're going to torment ourselves a little bit today. So we're going to talk about Chicago PD, season three, episode one, entitled Life is Fluid. Oh my gosh, just one of the best episodes. One of the best, but it also hurts so much. Right. It, oh, there's no denying that it hurts, but it's still just one of the best episodes PD's ever done. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It just hurts. But yeah, so as always, we like to start off with the news. Uh, all of our news these days, it's coming to us via Derek's Q&A. Yeah. I mean, like what else kind of news would we have? I mean, unless they sign, you know, like, I don't know, I guess sign someone I'm trying to use sports terms here. This is not working well. Unless, I don't, what do you call it? Announce someone's going to be a new character. I don't even know what to call it anymore. I'm trying to say, <laughs> I'm trying to say sign a new deal. And that is not, not the right terminology here. Right. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, though. you know what I'm trying to say, right? I just don't, yeah. what is the right terminology? I don't know right now, but we'll go with sign a new deal. Acquired a new cast member. <laughs> right. I don't, In terms I don't, of the deal, we're not released. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I don't even. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. We did get the one piece of news that the shows are going to return September 26th. But I feel like that was a couple weeks ago. Wasn't yeah. It? Have we even said that on here yet? I don't think we have. We just did. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah. The shows are returning Wednesday, September 26th. Mark your calendars. Mark those calendars. It's going to be a party. Three straight hours of Chicago. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So September 26th. But yeah, we got two bits from Derek's Q&A this week. This week being Sunday, July 1st. It's July already. Holy crap. I know. Um, But yeah, so one of the questions in Derek's Q&A was about Kelly and Benny. And somebody just asked and said, you know, will the severide men make amends? And I only included this because I guess this is the first scoop about season seven that we have. Yeah. But basically, Derek just answered. He said, we're hoping to see more Benny this year and continue to tell the severide father-son story. It may or may not go in the amends direction. How do we feel about this, Brenna? I'm actually really here for this. I think... I mean, as much as Benny annoys me because he's Benny and he's the worst, I always have really liked seeing the Severide Benny stuff because I feel like that's where Taylor Kenny, up until this point, has gotten his like most meaty stuff. And so I mm-hmm. think, obviously, I'm here for anything that gives Taylor like a real chance to do some like really just like good acting. And so I'm re- I'm here for this. I think. Depending on which direction they go in, I could get over it really fast. And I'd be like, I'm ready for Benny to get out of here. 
Because I feel like up until now, he's only ever been around enough. Like, that doesn't make me want to just, like, throw things every week. And I'm, like, okay with it. Because um, he's only ever around for, like, one or two episodes. And then he's gone for, like, a whole season. Yeah. So I think if he's around too long, then I could get, I would, like, get over this really fast. But, yeah, hmm. we'll see. What do you think about it? I'm, it could be good. It could be, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, well, wait a second. That could be an interesting thing. Just I've never been a fan of. Uh, well, I don't want to say I've ever I've never been a fan of the way Benny treats Kelly because we never really see that. I don't feel. But, uh, you know, we know that Kelly resents Benny, but there's also got to be a part of him that admires him, too. I mean, Kelly became a firefighter because that's what his dad did. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think there's potential for some really good stuff there. Yeah. I want to know more about baby Kelly, like Kelly as he was growing up. Like what are all of the things that led to him resenting Benny the way he does, aside from Benny cheating on his mother? What I think that's what we were hoping for when Mama Sev came around and that isn't what we got. We no. got good, we got an interesting story, but we didn't get that. Right. So that puzzle piece, and like we've gotten it from, I mean, obviously up until now with, um, like I mean, Monica's obviously left, but we had it with Gabby. We've gotten to see a little bit of Gabby's family dynamic and how, you know, she is the the like why she is the way she is. We've gotten mm-hmm. to see it with Casey, and so we were kind of always missing it with Sev, and like. Hopefully now is the chance, and with this father-son story that they're hoping to tell, that would be the chance to see it. I really need to do what you suggested last episode and start taking notes about my wish list, because as we're talking about Severide, I'm thinking about other things on fire, and I'm like, ooh, that should go on my wish list as well. So I know. I just need to keep, like, a notebook with me and, like, start making, like, yeah. things. But yeah, so that's one of the bits of news we got from the Q&A. The other one is more of a fun question. Somebody asked Derek what non-Chicago show he would want to cross over with. And so Derek's answer said, or he said that he would like to do it with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think this is because he's friends with Dan Gore, I think is who it is. Or maybe not Dan Gore. Dan Gore is married to Rachel Bloom. But I don't think that's the right person. That's not Um, the right person. No, I'm thinking uh, he's friends with one of the writers on Brooklyn Nine-Nine um, is the point. I will look it up. Hold on. Yeah. And so he said, I'd like to do it with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He said Peralta, Santiago, and Holt with Casey Seven Bowden would be television history. It's a fun question. And it got me thinking, A, why have we never, ever discussed this? And B, Bryna, what non-Chicago show would you cross any of the Chicagos with? Okay. Well, first of all, you are right. It's the program Michael Schur and Dan Gore. You are right. Rebecca Bloom is not married to Dan or Dan Gore. She's married to. She's uh, married to somebody else. Yeah. And you, you also said Rebecca Bloom and it's Rachel. Rachel Bloom. Bloom. Yeah. Sorry. I'm... Yeah. Anyway, the answer to your second question. I mean, it's hard because the one show I wanted them to cross over with for so long is no longer a possibility. Oh, R.I.P. Night Shift. Oh, my God. I'm at the, I've had a lot of night shift feels after binging Roswell because of Brendan and then Drew. And then I realized that Brendan and Adam Rodriguez had worked together because he was on night or he was on Roswell 
for a while, and then obviously really, one, yeah, he was a main character. Well, a recurring character, I guess, but he was a he was a main person on season three, and so I was just like seeing them in the same. I was like, oh my god, they were together. Like I just. I was in a lot of my feels, and so, and now Night Shift Season 4 is on Netflix, and I'm just like, I really want to go back and re-watch it. <sighs> you want to hear something interesting, yes. or interesting for me? Yes. I still haven't seen the Season 4 finale. What? What? It's, and I'm not usually that person who's like, I won't watch the finale, because then it's not really over. I'm not that person, but I never, I missed it when it was on. I never went back and watched I it, remember because... you. I remember you missing it when it was on. Yeah. But, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, I now know. it's on Netflix, so you should go watch it. Ugh. I know. I don't know if I'm ready for that. All those we, I still want us to do, it like, a whole Night Shift episode. Where we talk about the night shift? Yeah. yeah we totally could. Because I re- I just, like, I really need to talk about the night shift, I feel like. It was so good. It was so good. But but that was, what, I mean, that is my answer. Otherwise, like, I don't know. Because, like, I don't even know what else I would watch that would even, like, slightly make sense. I would like to see one of those competitions. You remember last season when they had that, like, I can't even remember what it was called. But Mouch signed them up for, like, the fireman or something or other yes 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 i don't remember what it was called either but yes but you know what i'm talking about the and they monster, did like the tug of war and everything the yeah the monster was the muster yeah it was like yeah. a firefighter muster or something yeah something um, like i that. would love to see that between chicago fire and station 19 that would be great that would be great andy would be like let me at this group of bros i got this <laughs> oh my god yeah. yeah it would be amazing and then Ryan would just be like lurking in the background and be like, I don't know why I'm here. But <laughs> Bowden and Pruitt would probably like hit it off immediately. But then Andy would be like, no, no, I'm in charge. And Bowden would be like, oh, hello. Oh, oh. I would love to see that. That would be great. Obviously, though, not real. Not that any of these were ever realistic, but like at least the Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Met- or Night Shift were semi-realistic because they were on the same network. But right, right. Well, Brooklyn Nine Nine is now on the same network. It wasn't before. Right. You could do American Ninja Warrior if you wanted to get that type of competition aspect. Because isn't that an NBC show? That is an NBC show. But what? Which one would you cross it with? Fire. I don't know. Okay. Here's another question. Then which one Chicago cast member or which one Chicago character would be most likely to run a Ninja Warrior course? I could see Choi doing it. Yeah. Uh, shit. Antonio? Maybe. Ruzik? For the fun of it. Ruzik probably wouldn't know what he was getting into. Yeah, yeah, for that aspect of it. Who from Fire, though? Huh. Who from Fire? I can't think of a really good answer from Fire. I feel like Stella would crush it. Oh, yeah. She would be good. Oh, Stella would blow everybody away. If we're talking about other, like, my my first answer was someone who's not even on fire anymore. Go for it. Well, I was thinking either, oh, my God, there's so many good answers if you go back to people who aren't even on fire anymore. I'd say Mills would have been really good. Oh. Or Cordova. Mills of the American Ninja Warrior. Yes. Like, either one of them would have been, like, crushed that. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Oh my god. Yeah, Mills and Cordova would have crushed it. Think about if we're talking about Station 19 crossovers though, Cordova again, Cordova's not even on the show anymore. I don't know why I keep thinking about him because <laughs> I want him to come back. But Cordova and Jack, like if we're talking about that face off. Oh. <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah. Dead. Oh, it would be so good. That would be so good. Love it. I love it so much. Okay, other NBC shows. I'm just thinking. Other NBC shows. And it doesn't um, obviously have to be NBC, but, like, obviously if we're talking about semi-even realistic, then it's got to be NBC. Let's see. Hmm. This is a fun game to play. I like this. Yeah, but my dream, dream one, and we, I mean, we talked about it back in, like, when we became friends, like, 2016, how we wanted the night shift and at least med, but, like, I would have taken any of them. But, like, <sighs> It would have been amazing. Such a missed opportunity. Like, could you imagine Maggie at San Antonio Memorial? She would be like, like, I don't know, just seeing everybody run that place, she would just be like, you know, I thought I was really good at my job. And then I came here. And like, wow. Maggie and Kenny. And oh, my God. We, I'm going to save this for night shift. But like, oh, I have so man. many. I have so many things I want to talk about. But yes. And Paul would have been in complete awe of Dr. Rhodes. So many things would have happened. It it would have been incredible. Yeah. Oh, so good. But yeah, if you have any non or if you have any non one Chicago shows that you would that I didn't say that right. Okay. So basically, if you could cross the Chicago shows with any other show out there, anything, there's no limit. Like show on the air, not on the air, whatever network. Let us know what show you would cross over with and why, because. That's a fun game to play. And I'd almost even throw out, I mean, obviously the night shift again. We all, we have a lot of listeners that list, love the night shift as much as we did, do, still do, obviously. But, like, I'd almost want to throw out the challenge of, like, not, like, not, not, not medical, not, like, police. Because it's easy, it's easy to say, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine or Grey's Anatomy or Station 19. But, like, what would be something... Like, not even in that realm of the world that you would like to see it crossed over with. Well, what CW show would you cross the Chicago's with? Oh, oh. That's a great question. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Okay. I'm trying to imagine a one Chicago supernatural crossover right now in my head, and it's not going well. Well, because, like, I'm trying to imagine. Yeah. And I almost, I guess that makes my challenge makes it almost 10 times harder because then I'm thinking about, like, I'm thinking about, like, a crazy ex-girlfriend, like, Chicago, one Chicago crossover, and it just, like, is not working. See, the one I imagine if I cross crazy ex-girlfriend with Chicago Med is, did you, did you ever watch Scrubs? No, but I know they did, like, a musical episode. That's, and that's exactly what I'm imagining is, like, you know. Rebecca, like, comes into Chicago Med and she's singing and everything. And Will's just like, you're hearing singing? Like, I don't hear anything. And then it's just, like, the Scrubs musical episode. But What I mean, Grace, I mean, Grace, I guess, I mean, Grace did a musical episode. So anything is possible. We don't talk about that, though, do we? I thought we didn't talk about that. I don't know. Uh... I I mean, I guess not. I I didn't hate it, I think, as much as a lot of people did. But, like, I also didn't love it. So... I just remember really liking the last musical number that Callie sang. Yeah. I think I like the songs more themselves, like, isolated than I like them in a Grey's Anatomy episode. Like, I'll still listen to them sometimes, like, by myself. But, like, Mm -hmm. 
I like them more on their own than in the actual episode, which I guess is means that that was a trash episode. But <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I mean, most musical episodes can be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so many things. Anyway, that's another discussion for another time as to shows and musical episodes. But yeah. <laughs> so. Should we get into this episode? I feel like we like should, even though I kind of don't want to because it hurts. Yeah, let's do it. Ugh. Uh, okay. Again, Chicago PD, season three, episode one, Life is Fluid. Where we're at in the timeline here, season two has just ended. No shit, because it's 301. But it, at the end of season two, Nadia died a really terrible, horrible, awful SVU oh, death. Can I say something real quick on that yeah. point real quick? So my mom... It's never seen, bless her heart, she's never seen, like, I didn't make her obviously watch these with me. Like, I don't, you know, she tries to pay attention because she knows we do the podcast, but she's been really into the re, the marathons on Tuesdays on um, Oxygen USA and all that and stuff. Oxygen, yeah. Right. And so she called me, or when I was talking to her on my birthday, she was telling me, because it was, my birthday was on a Wednesday, so she had watched it, like, all night Tuesday or whatever. And she was Aww. like, I, she's like, I have a question for you. She's like, when, like, she's like, am I missing an episode? She was like, I can't seem to figure out what happened to Nadia. Because they go from, like, you know, the first part of the crossover to, like, the, you know, the next one and she's dead. And she's like, I just can't seem, like, I can't tell if they're, like, not going in order or whatever. And I was like, no, 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 mom. Like, she died on SVU, like that's what happened she's like oh yeah she's like i'm not going back to watch that she's like no i was like no no, no. i was like you don't want to trust me like no 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 um, that's so funny but yeah she was like she's like i don't know if i keep missing them if they keep going out of order but she's like i've watched pretty much every tuesday and like i can't like i've seen all she's like seen all of pd now it's pretty great but like that's amazing yeah but she was like i just don't know what happened to nadia and she's like i'm assuming she died because she never came back and i was like yeah she died on spu she was like, that's yep. weird. And I was like, yeah, I kind of hated it. Everyone hated it, but. It, yeah. Oh, it was it was awful. I still can't rewatch that. I rewatched it once with Melanie only because I told her that I was like, I need. I, was, I told her I was like, you can't watch this alone. Like, I'm, I need to be a good friend and be there for you because it's just a hard well, episode. And for me, it's I mean, obviously, it's horrible and I don't want to go rewatch it myself. But I also just have a really big issue when like shows cross over and then something like, a major thing character-wise happens on, like, technically that other show. Like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the big four-part crossover that the DC shows did this year. And, like, Oliver and Felicity and Barry and Iris both technically got married on Legends of Tomorrow. Huh. I mean, it's great, and I love that they got married and yada, 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 the whole thing. But, like, if you're trying to do a binge, like, a proper binge, like, you're gonna miss it. Yeah. Because they got married on a different show. Like, I hate when shows do that. But that's, again, all besides the point has nothing to do with 301, technically. I just, I hadn't been meaning to tell you that story about my mom, and I forgot. So. That's really funny. And I'm glad you waited till we were recording to tell it. Because <laughs> otherwise I would have been like, you need to retell that. <laughs> like, yeah. That's hilarious. But really, Oxygen did her a favor because she doesn't need to see that. It was just. Right. And I mean, it's kind of weird, though, because she's, like, all in. Like, she makes. Like, because now that she's seen, like, my Chicago pictures from uh, the event and stuff in March, and she's like, oh, like, I understand who that character is now and all the things, but, like, she doesn't understand the other two mm-hmm. because none of, they're not syndicated, so she can't watch yeah. them. And I'm like, well, 
Okay, you'll get there one day. When fire becomes syndicated, you'll get there one day. <laughs> Med, maybe not, but fire, you'll get there one day. Yeah, we'll see. So, okay, so Nadia yeah, sorry to not a- derail this, but. No, no, are you kidding? That was, yeah, you didn't derail anything. That was awesome. So Nadia died at the end of season two. It was a terrible, awful SBU death. Horrible thing. Horrible. I remember we've discussed this before, but who died a more horrible death, Nadia or Hallie? I think Nadia had a more of an impact. Like, I don't want to go back and watch Hallie's death, but I wouldn't, like, I if I ended up watching it, I don't think I would care as much. Like, yeah. Nadia, I'm, like, never, like, never going back to rewatch that. It's pretty brutal. But, like, Hallie, but... If, it, if it happened to be on, like, I don't know if I would, like, turn it away either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that just, like, like I think best... Nadia just had, like, a gut punch. No, no, Nadia was absolutely because I think the thing with Hallie is like you're technically rooting against her the whole time. Like, not that everyone hates her, but you're rooting against her. Not rooting for her to die. Well, no, that's what, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you're not, you don't want her to die, and you don't want anything terrible to happen to her. But you're rooting against her. Whereas Nadia, mm-hmm. you were never rooting against her. You were always trying to root for her because she turned her life around. Yeah. So it's a very, it's just very different situations. But if I had to pick, I'd say Nadia for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, all, again, all of this is beside the point. We're a little wheels off tonight, guys. Sorry, but we just have a lot to say. Sorry, we have a lot to say. We have a lot of pent up feels about this one. So, yeah, Nadia died. Aaron basically went into a very dark place. Is the whole point of that? So, no, did I say Nadia? I meant Aaron. You said Aaron. Okay, good. I meant Aaron. So, yeah, Aaron just kind of spiraled out of control and then in the season finale of season two decided to quit the unit. So that's where we're at in the timeline. So the episode begins and Antonio is, like, desperate to make his step goal because he is hauling ass up, like, three flights of stairs. Yeah. And so he gets on this roof and he finds his CI, Bianca. She's standing on the ledge. And basically she's crying. She's like, she's basically crying because her boyfriend Benji cheated on her. So did she call Antonio for relationship advice? I don't know. It's funny though, because I don't think I ever put two and two together until I re- like rewatch it, that the CI like got cheated on by her boyfriend, who is the person they go get in the middle of the night, like in the bed. Like, I don't think I ever, like, I knew that she gave him up. But I don't think I ever put together that, like, she was cheated on. I don't, I guess I didn't pay that close attention. But, like, I just, I was like, holy shit. Like, things you're paying attention when you're trying to outline and, like, really pay attention to, like, every single detail. And that's the thing with the show is that it's so much information in a short amount of time. And they do a very good job with that. But, yeah, the first time through, all of that information always gets lost on me. I'm like, first they're on the ledge. Oh, now they're in somebody's apartment. I don't know why. I'll figure it out later. Well, and like I said, it, I under I always understood that she gave up the guy that is in bed and turned out to mm-hmm. be gay. Like, I always got that part of it. I didn't think I realized that that was technically her boyfriend and he was in the closet. Like, I don't think I ever realized that part of it. Hmm. But, yeah, so I think she went to Antonio for relationship advice. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, why did she call Antonio? Did she really have the wherewithal to be like, you asshole, you cheated on me. Now I'm going to turn you into the cops. Well, my guess is because she seemed so upset was she called him or she probably didn't return a call. 
because he my guess was they were already trying to like get a deal together where she I mean she was a CI and like gave up what she knew but when when things went south and she didn't return a call Antonio got worried is my guess interesting million questions we have a lot of questions about this episode you've been warned like a Mm -hmm. lot of questions and a lot of feels just yeah we have a lot to say here so basically Antonio gets her to cough up Benji's location so they can get to his brother Derek that's the whole point of that so we enter the 21st and the first thing we see is Jay's beard oh such a damn look in the best way I'm like in the minority here I did not like the beard Okay, well, I'm just saying, if you didn't like Jay's beard, remember how last week we were having a conversation about Matt Lanter's beard on Timeless in the future? Yes. You would not like Matt Lanter's beard then. Really? You would not. It's way more than Jay's beard in this. Interesting. See, but I like Ruzik's beard. I, I'm a big, I'm personally a big fan of Jay's beard in this look I, I, it is such a look i in just don't the best like it ways. on jay yeah i'm such a weirdo because when mel watched this mel said the same thing she's like i'm freaking loving jay with the beard i'm like really i'm okay. i'm really loving this yeah I, i'm the weird one here I, I guess i'm in the minority there i wasn't a fan of the beard but we get a little bit of background on Derek keys here you know he's number one on chicago's most wanted list lots of heroin just all around a shitty person And so once we get the details on that, Jay decides to address the elephant in the room. And so, you know, he goes up to Voight and he's like, you know, we traded text. I haven't heard from her. Do you think I should reach out? And Voight just goes, she made her choice. Yep. Sad. He's trying not to let his emotions show, but it's not doing a do. He's not doing a good job. He's not doing a good job. And just Voight is so... I, and now that I think about it, now that it's been, you know, th- what, three years since this episode, like, Voight seems so flippant about Lindsay. He's like, no, screw her. She decided to quit. Like, leave her there. I don't care. But now that I think about it and knowing what we know now, that's Voight's way of, that's Voight's way of showing how hurt he is, is by pretending not to care. Yeah. For sure. Sad. The other bit we get here is that they're going to go get Benji. But the thing with, the thing here is that they have to extract Benji silently, as in, like, literal ninjas. They have to basically, like, black out their faces, be super silent as they go into this apartment with other people in it, and, like, grab him. They basically have to grab him without anybody knowing. Yeah, it's impressive. It's like a Mission Impossible movie in, like, one scene. It's bananas. It's crazy. Oh, it's so crazy. And so they're like, they sneak into this apartment and it's like not packed with people, but there are people over, you know, they're blacked out. You can't tell who's who, but they have the long guns and they don't even make a peep. Like the only thing missing here is Ruzik underwater with a blow dart. Like, you know, with like the ninja stuff that they do. Like, yeah, it's the only thing missing. And so (laughs) it's just crazy. Like, that's the only thing missing is Ruzik just like lurking underwater. But yeah. And so they get into this guy's room they extract him somehow. Like, what? How, is this something police are actually able to do? Is, like, sneak into an apartment silently and extract somebody with long guns like they were never even there? Well, my guess is intelligence is a special unit. That's, like, really fucking impressive. 
my guess is that's the what reason why is because they're a special unit. Like I'm sure, like a beat cop. No, that's crazy. That's some crazy shit. Yeah, it's very impressive. But my favorite part is when the boyfriend comes out of the bathroom and is like, "What the?" <laughs> and then they like cover his mouth too. So crazy. It's good though. It's a really good sequence. And yeah, it's like it's impressive, is what it is. So that happens. They get Benji out, no big deal because intelligence, like of course it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And we cut over to the club. In the club. So Aaron is downing shots of tequila like it's water. I mean, good Ew. for her. Badass tolerance. Yeah, I know. Tequila burns. No, it's just gr- but it's just gross. Yeah. It doesn't even burn, it's just gross. Yeah, it's just gross. Do you drink margaritas, though? Please tell me you drink margaritas. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, I was going to say, I mean... No, but shots of tequila are gross. No, they're so gross. Well, not gross. I mean, they they just burn. I don't know. We do them sometimes before soccer games, and I did it once, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, my throat's on fire. But beside the point. But yes, margaritas are great. Tequila otherwise is gross. Continue. (laughs) Tequila by itself is, yeah. Yeah. Erin's downing shots of tequila like it's no big deal. She's dancing along to the music, whatever. Her phone rings and it's Jay. And she ignores it. And it's the picture, though. The picture of them on the phone. Yep. 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 It's the damn picture that Jay gets in the apartment in 501 that all the fans wanted but didn't get until Aaron ghosted Jay. Whatever. I'm not bitter. The fucking picture. Fucking picture. The picture that started it all. She ignored the fucking call. Okay, wait. If we're talking about this picture, though, real talk, where was that picture taken? That's a good question. Somewhere in Chicago is my guess. <laughs> I mean, but like, are they on duty when that picture was taken? Were they like stopping for a selfie break? Were they like hanging out outside of work and that picture was taken? Um, Sophia and Jesse were probably between takes. As to where Aaron and Jay were, they were probably out. Yeah, not on duty. Not on duty. That's what I think. Since the picture yeah. happens. We have the to talk about happens. it. But continue. The damn picture. So one of her friends is like, who is it? And Aaron just goes, nobody. Fucking. <sighs> like, do you think that's what she says if Jay calls now? No. In my heart, I like to say no. Do you think they even stay in touch? <laughs> no. <laughs> it hurts, but no. It hurts. Like, why? Like, how could they? He wanted to propose to her, Gina. And she left. But I'm, like, dying to know, because in Jesse's meet and greet, he had said, he was like, I imagine that there was some sort of conversation. But how did that conversation go? I don't know. Was it, I mean, well, I guess it it wouldn't have ended, like, badly. It wouldn't have ended with, like, hostility. Whether they still talk now depends on that final imaginary conversation. Yeah, I mean, I just, I can't imagine that, like, first of all, I don't even know what the, what they would say in that thing, you know, in that, like you said, in that conversation without, I don't even know. I'm trying to, like, put words here, but, like, oh, It's hard, I know, I know. I can imagine Aaron just being like, I've got to go. And her explaining it and Voight just being like, okay. Or Voight, not Voight, uh, Halstead, sorry. 
yeah. Part of me kind of hopes that they don't keep in touch just so that Jay can move on with his life. Yeah. I really don't think, like, what do they keep in touch about? Exactly. Like, it's not like he, I'm sure she keeps somewhat in touch, I mean, at least with Voight. Like, it's not like she needs Jay to run interference and tell her all about Voight. Right. And if worse comes to worse, if she needs someone to do it, like, Burgett, like, literally anyone else. She ignores the call. It's just not okay. So we go back to the 21st, and Voight is talking to Benji and his boyfriend. Because, oh my god, look, it's a gay character! Yeah. It's, it's And this is, like, the more that I watched it, like, it's so good. Yeah. Like, this so little storyline is so good. So... They basically convince Benji that if he serves up Derek, they will both walk. Benji and his boyfriend, that is. Yeah, so if Benji gives up his brother, both Benji and the boyfriend will walk. So back in the club. It's the next morning now, and this is probably one of the most iconic Lynn said scenes. It's the freaking sunglasses scene. I think it's just one of the most, at this point, like... Because of how prominent Lynn said was. Like, it's just got to be one of those, the most, the, um, why can I not think? Oh, iconic scenes. That's the word I was looking for. Iconic scenes in just, like, all of franchise history. Oh, my God. I can still, I can quote it verbatim in my head. Or not in my head. Like, I was outlining, basically, and, like, filling in the lines for myself. It was just. That's uh, impressive. Okay. So we cut to the next morning, and Erin and her friends are stumbling out of the club. Now, Sophia Bush is the only person I know of who can make smudged eye makeup and a top knot look so damn good. Seriously, though. For real. Also, she's wearing this, like, purple jacket that is just to die for. I love it. I just... (sighs) So she makes stumbling out of the club at, like, 7 a.m. look really good, is the point. (laughs) So she stumbles out of this club and Jay is just casually leaning against the side of his car, looking all kinds of sexy, just waiting for her. Oh, my God. He looks so good. So good. I know. And like 99% of people would see Jay up against the like the side of a car and be like, oh, hey, Jay. Aaron's like, what the hell do you want? <laughs> yep. She's pissed. But we get the sunglasses scene. Oh, my God. It's so good. So. Jay's like, Voight gave you three weeks furlough. That ends tomorrow, whatever. And so she's like, what do you want, Jay? And Jay's like, I want to hear you say it. And she just looks at him and goes, say what? He rips the sunglasses off of her face. It's so good. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I know. I can, like, picture it. Like, yeah. Oh, I could, I mean, I could, like, do a drunken reenactment of the scene, like, in my sleep. Oh, just... my God. I, we need, to, like, a drunk history version of this. Oh, my God. We really do, though. Ugh. We really do. We should we really ha- make this happen. We really should, though. Um, Next time, when you come visit me, because that's going to happen, we need to do this. Yeah. Next time yeah. we're together, this will definitely happen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I have a million questions about the sunglasses scene, Okay. When this aired, I remember Ashley and I, like, absolutely dying. And so, like, I have so many questions. The sunglasses thing, was that scripted? I think it was. But, like, was it scripted? Probably. Yeah. How many takes did it take to get it right? Did the glasses ever get stuck in her hair? I have so many questions just because it's such a good scene. Yeah. It's the best scene ever. 
It's just, yeah. But this also kind of deepens the mystery of what color Jesse's eyes are. Because, like, most of the time, they're, like, hella blue. But then there's other times, like, in this episode, where his eyes look, like, super green. And it's the yeah. shirt he's wearing in the scene. But, like, what color are they? I don't know. And it's, like, the contrast of the facial hair, too. I die. It's just so good. <laughs> this episode does a lot of good things for Jesse. Oh, so good. I know. And then when he when he looks at her, and he's like, I want to hear you say it. And then she's like, say what? And he's like, that you're no longer my partner. Oh, my God. That's actually the part where I'm just like, oh, stop my heart. I know. And then oh. I mean, and then you have the line of like, I don't know who you are, but tell Lindsay she made me a better cop if you ever see her again. Oh, oh. <laughs> so this was back when Olmstead was still on the show or working on the show. Um as like an executive producer and the thing with Olmsted was that he always gave really excellent interviews but he also said a little too much like he always just said just a little too much that you were like okay sh- I sh- I want to wait for the episode like I don't need to see that yet and he did an interview before this aired and he included that line and he was like there's a part where she where he says you know I don't know who you are but tell Lindsay she made me a better cop if you ever see her again like took my breath away I was like oh my god I can't believe he says that to her she has to come back like but I think the thing I mean not again not that I mean, obviously, we're getting right ahead into season six, so things have changed. But, like, at that point, I think that was very true. Yeah. That, like, he couldn't be partnered with anyone else because Lindsay was who he needed at that moment. <sighs> yeah. And not even in a, like, a relationship, but, like, in a strict, like, work partnership way. Like, Lindsay did make him a better cop and, like, he needed her. He still does, but now he's learned to live without her because she left. Yeah, but he's also seen a lot of shit. Not even in terms of, like, Lindsay, but, like, he's seen – there's been a lot more shit that's gone down in his life that, like, I think he's evolved and grown as a cop from there. Yeah, for sure. So they set up a buy, an undercover buy, at Midway Airport. And there is so much to discuss here with oh this my buy God. at Midway. This is a great but- scene. Like, literally every scene in this episode is, like, iconic. Every single one is just so good. But the first thing we need to address is that suit. Because <laughs> – This suit that Jay is wearing is like, shout out to the wardrobe department on this one, just because, I mean, that suit was like, take your breath away level good. Oh my God. So good. Fit him like a glove. Like red carpet premiere without the tie kind of look. Yeah. So good. That I just, I can't even form words like speechless. And I remember when this aired, Sophia tweeted too, and she was like, my partner knows how to rock a suit. And I was like, yes. He does. I was about one season too late in terms of, like, watching this live. Ugh. Just, we just need to take a moment and just, like, marvel at that suit and just be like, hmm. Oh, so good. Wonderful. So the deal with Midway now is that every time I fly into Midway when I go to Chicago, the first thing I think is, like, oh, this is where Jay was abducted from. We didn't even fly into Midway for, um... OCE and we still talked about how like the fact that we didn't find a midway because midway was the one where Jay got abducted bingo yeah like we didn't even fly in there and we're like oh yeah we flew into O'Hare not the one where Jay got abducted from yeah like we talk about it every time O'Hare or midway is brought up it's the first thing we think of is oh yeah this is (laughs) Jay was abducted from an airport or Jay was not abducted (laughs) from this airport (laughs) oh man so (laughs) They do this by in some sort of airplane hangar. 
And it starts well until Derek asks Benji where he went last night. Benji's bodyguard snitched, so what does Derek do? Exactly what any other brother does, just up and kills him. I remember the first time I saw this and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. He just goes full Dan Scott and it's just like, "Eh, bye. Not even though. It's like Dan Scott at least like paused. Like there was like obviously some kind of pause and hesitation about am I doing the thing? But like this guy is just like, bam, like immediately. It's pretty cold. Oh, it's so cold. It's pretty cold. So the minute that Derek kills him, intelligence is like, well, fuck. So Jay's been made. They start to circle around him. But Jay fights back. Just this episode goes from zero to 100 so fast. So fast. Because Jay's fighting back and he's doing great. But then somebody fucking tases him. Oh, my God. And it hurts. Not literally hurts him, but hurts us. Yes. Yes. They tase him multiple times multiple times just and he's like i mean he's like screaming in pain but like you know jay is such a small bean in this episode and it's just like he's like yelping for help and i'm just like this is not okay oh my god it hurts so much oh it hurts so bad it hurts so bad intelligence finally springs into action only to get hung up at tsa i have a rant here I don't know if we're ready for this. Go for it, Gina. All right. They get hung up at TSA, right? You're telling me that intelligence planned this whole undercover buy at Midway Airport, but they couldn't coordinate on a stakeout point past TSA? No. For real? I guess not. Or coordinated on a way to get whatever badges Jay and Benji had. Because they just flashed badges to get past them and it was no big deal. Right. Okay. Here's my thing is, did Benji create those badges because Derek and all of them obviously had to have them too if they ended up in the hangar so was that from Benji a la Derek and that whole group or did that come from intelligence they address it later on with the badges that they were stolen and I only paid attention to that because this part drives me absolutely crazy so they came from Benji and Derek because they were stolen yes but if they had worked out this whole deal with Benji, you would think Benji would have coordinated a way to get everybody past TSA. Benji doesn't care about that point. But Voight does. Right. But and if you're talking about Benji coordinating a point, like, that's not Benji's job. Benji's job is to get Jay in so that he doesn't go to jail and doesn't lose his boyfriend. Good Lord. They could not have coordinated a stakeout point past TSA. Like, seriously? Right. The fact that they're outside, not even in the airport, too. Like, I understand. Okay, fine. TSA, whatever, even if you can't work out some kind of deal. First of all, why the fuck are you outside the airport? At least be in the airport then. And then if you can't even coordinate a deal because TSA is being TSA, then, like, buy a freaking plane ticket. You have 505 funds or whatever those are for a reason, right? Like. Yes. Like, buy a plane ticket to anywhere and just get past TSA. I mean, but I guess then they can't bring their guns. So... That and then they'd have to go through, like, the line as normal passengers. <laughs> right, but, like, in the... I don't know. But I guess the part is then they can't bring their guns. So... But, yes, it is annoying. It's, like, really, like... Because, like, if they didn't yeah. have to stop for TSA, could they have gotten to Jay in time? Yes. I, I would be you very would confident so. saying yes. Yeah. Or at least if they were freaking past TSA at the point, they could have gotten to him no problem. 
Or there's even the point when Derek first pulls out the gun on Benji that Ruzik points it out and Ruzik's like, uh, hi, there's a gun. Yeah, voice like, no, no, no. There was a considerable amount of time between they when they first revealed the gun to when Intelligence was like, fuck, we gotta move. Like, they totally could have gotten a J in time. Yeah. Ugh. IMO, in my professional opinion, because I'm an expert at these things, apparently. Right. The fact the fact that Voight didn't... It's all Voight's fault. Yeah. We'll get there, too, because there's another line about that later on. But they finally get into this hangar, and it's too late because Jay is gone. They, like, put a bag over his head and dragged him into a car. I mean, they did not fuck around. Yeah. No, they didn't. It's bad. It's bad. And so Antonio's like, we got a DOA, and then there's, like, a pause, and then he's like, and an officer has been abducted. Just... It hurts. It's not okay. It's not okay. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts so much. I know. It hurts. Do you want to take a little from here? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So then the team reconvenes at the 21st, and basically by reconvene, we mean they're panicking because we're panicking, so of course they're panicking. Oh, yeah. Then... Burgess and Roman, because Roman is still around at this point, you guys. Barf. I know. Um, They grab Antonio's CI and place her into protective custody, because we don't need anyone else dying right now. But, obviously, we have to have this, like, they have the, we have to talk about the conversation they have before they knock on the door. And so, Roman first starts by asking if Kim could imagine Ruzik being the one abducted. And... I hate him. I hate him so much. Roman's like, I know since you put the ring on, it's been all high fives and congrats, but do you really think this is smart? Literally nobody asked you, Roman. Yeah. And then he's like, you need to be realistic about what you're getting into. That's all. Um, And you need to shut the fuck up. That's all. Yeah. Roman. I just, bleh. how did they end up dating again? Dating. I still hold by the fact that they were never dating, but no, that's. They were friends with benefits. Right. They were hooking up. They were not dating. There is a difference. That is my own. Anyway. <laughs> um, I've been waiting for too long to like talk about Roman on this podcast and how much I hate him. I, oh, I know you have. I know. I've been chomping at the bit. But... Do you want to go on, Gina? No, I think I can. I just. Don't forget that Burzik had gotten engaged in the season two finale. But like Roman, of course, has to just shit all over it because he sucks. Because he's Roman and he's terrible. Oh, because he's so terrible. Anyway, no, I don't want to keep going on. There's got to be other Roman episodes where I can just, like, let loose. <laughs> but Yeah. Anyway, Antonio C.I. has never met Derek before in her life. Um, and this is where you said, like, they touch on the TSA badges that they were stolen the day before Jade's abduction. Um, but obviously, like you said, you can't let it go. The fact that, like, they couldn't think of a way to get past TSA before something would be something like intelligence would think and think about before. So Right? It just... I feel like that's something that they would take into account. Yeah. Also, the CI is, like, obviously legit freaks because, duh, he just killed Benji without any, like, thought whatsoever. So why wouldn't he kill her? Um, so she's freaked out. But Voight literally gives no fucks. Um, but it really doesn't matter because Platt interrupts them. And there's a little boy downstairs who wants to talk to Hank. Clearly, he this boy has this box. And, of course, it looks at first like donuts. Spoiler alert, not a box of donuts. It's a DVD. So they all come upstairs and they put the DVD in and everyone's watching. And the DVD is Jay hanging by his wrist, literally like a piece of meat in a butcher shop, casually being beaten and tased. 
by this point of the episode, I was like, okay, we need to stop it with the damn taser. And like, I was, I remember talking to my friend Becca when this was happening and I texted her. I was like, okay, I'm starting to worry about how much they're tasing him. And Becca replies and she's like, I'm sure it was really safe. And they coordinated with special effects and everything. I'm like, Becca, I'm worried about Jay, not Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love how in our outline you have the, um, the screenshot supposed to be gift, but screenshot of, um, from Grey's Anatomy of Izzy, a.k.a. Catherine Heigl, stepping in and protecting Meredith from Callie that says, I'm sorry, but she is very little and you are hurting her. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel about this. I'm like, Jay is very little and you are hurting him. Like, yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because then I was started thinking, again, I've been on a Roswell binge. Well, I finished Roswell in like two weeks-ish. Not even two weeks. But... Um, so I started then thinking, because, like, obviously Catherine Heigl is in Roswell, and then I started thinking Catherine Heigl is that Izzy, because she plays another Isabel on Roswell. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, in this case, Meredith Grey is Sherry Appleby's character, Liz. And I was like, there's just, like, a whole – I just can't not think Roswell now. Your brain just ran. Yeah, well, especially because, like, hello, Catherine Heigl plays two Isabels in two different shows. <laughs> it's crazy. But, again, different point. Anyway, so as soon as they, literally as soon as they, it's like there's like a tracking sensor on on this because as soon as they put the DVD in and start watching it, the phone rings and of course it's Derek. How does he know that they just watched the DVD? There's got to be some kind of sensor that like as soon as it started playing that it, I don't know. I don't know. And of course Derek, you know, they're trying to work out a deal and Derek's like, he wants a lone female officer to drop off all of intelligence CI files. Why does it have to be a female? That was my other question. Because why do you think it's got to be a female, Gina? Well, I know I was being a little too logical when the first time I watched this and I was like, why does it have to be a female? But probably so that, you know, it's somebody that they can easily, you know, subdue and be like physically intimidating over. This is also the first time, I mean, obviously flash forward to season five and it's like old news at this point but this is also the first time we really see Ruzig and Antonio clash which is interesting yeah I think especially now having seen season five and like seeing them clash a bunch to go back and watch this is really interesting yeah it is and this first clash you can tell it's pretty much I mean no it's pretty similar to why they clash this season it's because I mean they don't agree with it, no, it's similar to the time they clashed when um, Atwater is missing. Yeah. It's very, I mean, obviously, because hello, now Jay's missing in this scenario. But it's very inter- It's very similar to that time. So pretty much all the times that we've seen them clash have been over other members of intelligence. Yes. In terms of protecting other members, because they seem to disagree. Yeah. But... Knowing what we know now, seeing them clash back in season three, I was like, oh, yeah, like interesting. I'm really I'm really curious as to what their dynamics going to be this season. It's got to be bad, though, right? I you would think, but I could also see them being like, oh, you know, we both were just like super worked up over it. But I feel like that could be so interesting. It's like Ruzik and Antonio clashing on the job. I feel like they're going to. Right. Like, I feel like they can't not because. I don't know, I guess it depends on what happens with Voight and everything, but with the whole way of, like, Antonio, 
you know, Antonio didn't see everything that happened on the roof, but Ruzik wants him to pretend that he did and yada, yada, yada. Like, I feel like that has to at least play out for a couple episodes, right? Something like that. I, I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. I miss them. I need them to come back. Yeah. Soon. September 26th. Two and a half months away. I know. Really three months. Because we're on July 1st. I'm trying to round here. I'm trying to... Uh... I know. Whatever. Anyway, meanwhile, at Aaron's, they're literally a bunch of randos just partying at her apartment, and her mother is, like, haggling a drug dealer in her doorway, um, and then the drug dealer is, like, trying to make Bunny, like, you know, go against the deal that he and Bunny supposedly had, so Aaron points a gun at him, and then... Her- like, they end up working it out or whatever. Drug dealer leaves. And then Bunny offers her drugs because, of course, she does. I just, like, if you ever have to wonder how bad Bunny is, like, what kind of mother does drugs with her kid? But actually, though. But actually. And so, another literally heartbreaking moment. So, Erin goes back into her bedroom. She didn't take the drugs. She presumably has a raging headache because she's probably been hungover 24-7. And she sees that Al's calling. So she picks up the phone, and he's like, I know you're on the outs, but I figured you want to know, like, Jay's been kidnapped. And just her face when he tells her that. Oh, she gets her game face on fast. Oh, my God. It hurts. Game face. But at the same time, it hurts because it it's sad that it took all of this to make her realize, like, how much not only he meant to her, but intelligence and just, like, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what is something other than that that would have... I mean, I'm trying to think of what else could have possibly gotten her butt in gear, you know? Something void, really? I don't know. I mean, I understand why that it took that to make her, like, get her butt in gear, but at the same time, like... I mean, and in the timeline, it hasn't really been that long, because, like, Jay says early on that it's been three weeks, so... Yeah. I don't know, I... I don't find it that crazy that that's what it took to get her back, but yeah, I don't know. But anyway, Voight makes this visit to Statefield to ask his friend Eddie, oh, uh, hello, Eddie, nice yeah. to come back, for intel on Derek's whereabouts, um, but really it's not totally important until four or five episodes from now when Eddie actually gets released. But we're back at the 21st, and Voight tells Adam to call Burgess in to do the drop. And Adam goes off on Voight, and he's like, I'm not losing a partner and my fiancé in the same day. Oh, I miss Berzik. Yeah. I miss them so much. Okay, but also, can we talk about this? Because the deal, one of my gripes with this episode is that everyone talks like Lindsay is literally the only person on the planet who could have done this drop. That's not true. At this point, I think she was. Oh, no. Burgess could have done it, and Burgess would have kicked ass. Not in season three. You don't think? Not at this point. Ooh. Because I think, I mean, it's unfortunate that Bert just had to see her sister get raped, but she is a very different cop after that than she was before that, and I don't think she could have done this at this point. Ooh, that's interesting. See, and all the whole time I've been like, this is po- after the Warehouse episode. Like, the thing that but I love about Burgess... This is still pre-Warehouse, isn't it? No, this is post-Warehouse. Warehouse was 210. Really? Yeah. Well, either way, I still think, I think she could have maybe handled herself, but, like, I, eh, I'm not as confident in it. 
I think if obviously if you talk about like season five Burgess and maybe even a little like second half season four Burgess, then yeah, sure, Burgess could have handled it, but not 301 Burgess. I don't think so. Oh, season five Burgess would have walked in like guns blazing and been like, sup bitches. Right. But I just, I don't think, I don't think she could have handled it. Interesting. And I I mean, obviously like I love Burgess, but I just, I think Burgess is a character that we've seen. I think she's the one we've seen grow the most. Yeah. From season one, like where we found her in pilot season one up until now. And I just think, she still had a lot more growing to do after this point. Listeners, tell us what you think there. Do you think Burgess could have made the drop? I think she could have. I think she would have had, like, some good instincts. But it's, I think up until she starts working with intelligence permanently and, like, really starts to see the way Voight thinks and the way the unit operates and the way just, like, everything goes, I, I don't know if she would have handled it completely. Huh. But that's just my opinion. Interesting. So, yeah, my opinion is, yeah, I think Erin is the only one who could have done it. And obviously, and I, not even that she could have done it, but she, it, it always needed to be her. Well, storytelling wise, yeah, of course. But if Lindsay couldn't for whatever reason, I think, I feel like Burgess could have gotten it done. Even as a beat cop, I feel like she could have gotten it done. So that's interesting that you don't think she could have. I wonder, I wonder if I'm in the minority there. I don't know. I just, be? I think she still had some growing to do before she could have handled yeah. it. Especially because I think it'd be different if they, I mean, not that they ever would have handed over their actual CI files, Mm -hmm. but I think if that was the case, then sure. But, like, they weren't ever going to do that. So the fact that she was going to have, because they knew it was going to go terribly wrong. So the fact that she was going to have to think on her thing, on her feet, I just don't think she was there yet. And I don't think she thought she would, I mean, I think she would have done it because she wanted to prove herself to intelligence. But I don't think, I mean, it's the reason why she, I mean, obviously, they also just weren't there yet in terms of storytelling. But, like, it's also the reason why when she got the chance to go to intelligence permanently, she declined. Because she knew she wasn't ready to be in intelligence yet. I guess so. I Yeah, I never really, I always blamed her declining intelligence on Roman because I like to blame things on Roman. <laughs> well, I think it's part of that, too. But I also think there, I think her going through that made her realize that, like, she wasn't completely ready yet. I don't know. My favorite thing about Burgess is always that she always just kind of approaches things and kind of figures them out. So I feel like that's how she would have handled this is that she would have been like, okay, I'll go in and then just kind of like figured things out as they happen. But this also, I think the problem with that approach in this situation is that it's not just the CI files on the line. And it's not even just another person's life on the line. It's Jay's life on the line. So there really is no room for her to go in and figure things out. Like, you kind of have to know what you're doing in that situation. And, like, obviously you're going to th- have to think on your feet. But, like, you've got to have some kind of cop with, like, who's done this before. And it, that just hadn't been her at that point. Hmm. Which is why I, I think Voight knows that. Yeah. Although, I mean, Voight obviously wanted to send her in because she was the only female. But, like, still. Oh, man, that moment when Ruzik's like, no, and then Boyd's like, you got a funny way of saying yes, sir. So good. I just, I die, I die. And that's, I mean, obviously that's the hallmark of a damn good episode is that we can still recall, like, specific lines of dialogue and be like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good, so good. So 
they're basically debating over this thing with Aaron and Burgess, or not Aaron, but like Burgess versus somebody else. And Antonio's like, I'll pull up another officer. And then from the corner of the room, we just hear somebody say, I'll do it. Camera pans over and oh, hey, it's Aaron. Yep. And then my favorite oh, line, the boy, he's like, you here as a cop or are you here to save your boyfriend? Let's file this one under another reason I don't think Voight respects Jay. Nope. Nope. Because if he did respect Jay, he would be like, okay, let's get this done. Yep. Exactly. It's just, yeah, it's just hard to tell on a given day how Voight feels about Jay. Yeah. I mean, we've had that conversation plenty of times, but yeah. We had the conversation with Jesse and still didn't get a clear answer. No, because I think I disagree with jesse but it is his character he i like to think he knows better than i do so no same i'm exactly the same how he was like oh it changes i'm like i kind of disagree but you know jay better than i do so yeah never mind so oh man yeah and so in the office Voight is like you know i keep replaying this over and over again and he sort of blames aaron for jay being kidnapped because and i quote another pair of eyes at midway would have helped it, it, she only would have helped if she was beyond the fucking TSA checkpoint. <laughs> I hadn't thought, but yeah. She would, the only yeah. way she was going to help if she was beyond the damn checkpoint. Right, because if we're talking about, I mean, you could only see what was on camera and Ruzik saw that there was a gun and nobody fucking did anything. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. So really the only person Voight has to blame in this instance is himself. Yeah. Sorry, Hank, but it's true. So they take Lindsay to this like super fancy house. Like, she makes the drop basically. And they take her to the super fancy house. Meanwhile, like on all the while that this is happening, Voight and Mouse try to figure out where they met, they went. Oh, hey, Mouse. Mouse, come back, please. What are you even doing these days? Please come back and act on PD. We miss you so much. But actually, though. So they take Lindsay to the super fancy house and in comes Jay. Oh, my God. Okay. He's bruised. He's bleeding. It's so bad. And Jay does not deserve this. He must be protected at all costs. He is just a sweet little detective who was trying to do his job and got taken. And it's just not okay. No, not okay in any. No, no, no. No, none of this is okay. Um, I feel like Simba in the Lion King meme when they bring Jay in and he's all bruised and bleeding. And I just feel like Simba and like want to like jump on him on the couch and be like, you got to get up, Jay. Like... <laughs> Come on, Jay. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Jay, Jay, come on. <laughs> oh, man. I die. This episode kills me. <laughs> so... Aaron takes the tape off of Jay's mouth and he gives the most helpless little like he looks at her and he's like, Aaron, <laughs> it's like the most helpless little thing. And my heart, camera. my heart, my heart, my <laughs> heart, yeah. you got to get up, Jay, come on. <laughs> Stop. Oh, man. So intelligence figures out where they went just in time for Keys' guys to figure out that the files are fake. And... Keys is just a jerk. And he's he looks at his guys and he's like, okay, well, do him first and make her watch. Do him first as in, like, kill him first and then make her watch. Like, Derek Keys was going to single-handedly end Linstead before the couch even happened. Oh, my gosh. It's pretty bad. But I do remember, I remember when this promo first dropped and 
the footage of Jay being all bruised and beaten combined with that line from Derek just killed me. Like, killed me. This is a horrible line, and Keys is a horrible person. He is a horrible person, indeed. Indeed. So then they go to take Aaron and Jay so that they can, like, you know, do what they were going to do. But then Aaron and Jay decide to just, like, kick all of the ass and beat up all of the people and do all of the amazing things. Yeah. It's badass. Aaron stabs Derek's guy, like, a million times with... Olinsky basically slipped her a ceramic knife. And so Aaron's just, like, going to town and stabbing the shit out of him. And then at one point, they go through a glass table... Yep, and she still gets, I mean, she gets cut, but, like, not significant enough to not be able to fight. It's crazy. No, and she just gets up and it's like, "Mm, no big deal. It's crazy. And meanwhile, across the room, Jay is kicking Derek's ass, and while he's doing so, he's like, look, Aaron, no hands! Because, like, of course Jay Halstead knows how to do that. Of course he knows how to beat the shit out of somebody with his hands tied behind his back. Like, of course. So Aaron finally gets a shot off. She gets Derek in the shoulder. Keys eyes his gun, but when this happens, we cut outside, and Intelligence is finally at this house, right? They're outside with their long guns drawn, I guess just waiting for, I don't I don't quite know what they're waiting for. Yeah, they're, they're outside with their, their guns drawn, and so we hear three shots. We don't really know. So a moment goes by, the door opens, Aaron comes out just kind of like walking like a zombie, and all she can do is just kind of point inside. I think they were trying to fake us out and make us think something had happened to Jay. Oh, for sure. For sure I, they were. I didn't, I didn't bite. No, never. No. I mean, obviously, I also, I watched this later, so I also obviously knew he was alive. But even then, like, no, no, no. No. You don't no. kill major characters in episode one, in, like, first episodes back. Looking at you, Grey's Anatomy. When they killed McSteamy. Oh. Oh. Don't remind me, please. Fictional deaths we will never get over. Please. Oh, my God. Also, side note, if we're talking about Grey's Anatomy, I was watching Supergirl today, and I'm catching up on season three, and there's a moment where Kyler Lee's character in Supergirl was intubating Mm -hmm. Melissa Benoit's character, and I was like had all the Lexi feels, and I was just like, oh my god, stop. Lexi Gray lives! Yeah, just in a different alternate alternate world, but yeah, she lives. Lexi Gray is another character who deserved better. So much better. So much better. But something I do love about this scene, when Erin walks out and she's just like a zombie, it's like the switch flips inside her, because she, you know, she gets her game face on, she handles the business with Jay, she saves him, and then the minute that the job is done, it's like she... Like, flips the switch, and she goes back to, like, the dark place she was in. Do you do you notice that in her face? Yeah. She almost, I mean, I, she almost lost, I mean, what we assume wants to be the love of her life, but, like, the love of her life. I don't know. Do you leave the love of your life on a bridge? I mean, that's a whole different conversation. But, yeah. When he's going to propose to you? I mean, that's a whole different conversation. Ring. But at this moment, I mean, yeah. the love of her life. <sighs> I die. I die. Also, on a side note, in past episodes, you've probably heard me refer to, like, the super dark fan fiction that I'm, like, in love with and that Brandon and Ashley think I'm insane for loving because it's so super dark. But so dark. it's um, the dar- the super dark one that I'm in love with. It actually revolves it revolves around this episode, but it's an alternate ending where Jay d- or Aaron dies trying to save Jay. Oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. It's really, really good. It's really good. Um, it's called Extreme Ways, and I will post the link on our Twitter page because it's just... So I'll just put it this way. Like, 
whoever wrote it, I don't know who wrote it, but they nail like the characters' voices. So there's scenes between Jay and Will where I'm like, man, that's exactly how they would talk. Like that's really good. But yeah, it's angsty and I like it. Damn it, but whatever. Yeah. So out outside later on, we get the iconic Linstead in the Ambo scene. My heart. Ugh, I know. Just they're both like covered in blood, and Jay is just like sitting on the back of this Ambo, just like chilling. And oh my god, it's iconic. It's iconic. And the only thing Jay can say is just he just looks at her and he's like, I'm just glad it was you that they sent in. Literally just you even saying that line like brings tears to my eyes. I know. Like, oh my god. It's just so perfect and wonderful. Even though it implies that Burgess couldn't have done it, and I think she could have. But (laughs) it's just so good. It had to be Aaron. I'm just glad it was you that they sent in. Like, beyond, I mean, beyond our conversation, like, it just, it had to be Aaron. I'm just glad it was you that they sent in. It's so poetic. (laughs) I die. I die every time. I literally, I die. I just, like, want to tear up in, like, all the best ways possible. And just wallow in your Linstead feels. I know. God. I miss them so much. Yeah. I really miss them. I'm just... But on the flip side of that if she had stuck around would we have seen jay grow as much as he did this season i don't know what would this season have looked like i mean he still would have shot the little girl by accident would he have nosedived as hard as he did probably not but the thing is what like it's so hard to say because this season looks completely different if she's still around because they would have had to deal with the fallout in a very different way from that and then you one thinks that maybe he wouldn't have shot the little girl because he's in a better headspace and it's just everything looks different you can't I mean it's so hard to go down that road that's a good point I just miss them yeah I miss them too very much (sighs) okay one more time I'm just glad it was you that they sent in I just want to go watch that scene on repeat again and again and again and again and no. And then Aaron's like, well, I have to go wash this off. I'm like, dude, I would want to hug him. I would want to be like, I just want to so make out with him. Okay. Just like, do it already. <laughs> like, God, you almost lost him. I know. I mean, granted, she does like four episodes later, but still. The couch, man. The fucking couch. The couch. Yeah. God, this is Ugh. season three was great in terms of season Winston. three was so good. It really was, though. For real. For real. So once that scene is finally over, I just want to like wallow in that seat and just be like, oh, I love it. Erin finally negotiates her return to intelligence. Basically, she has to live with Hank. She has to take weekly drug tests. She has to sever all ties with Bunny because Bunny is cray cray. And that's that. So the end of the episode, we cut to Molly's and Rusewater does a shot with Will. You know, Will as in Dr. Will Halstead brother of recently kidnapped, (laughs) beaten, and tortured Jay Halstead. My point being, why aren't you at men with your brother, Will? Who knows? I would have paid some good money for a worried big brother Will seen at med. But we didn't know we needed that at that point. We hadn't really, I mean, we had met Will, but like, we didn't know we needed it in the same way that we know we need Halstead brother scenes now. Oh no, I knew I needed it. (laughs) Because I remember when the synopsis came out, like the little, like, what's it called? The the, the episode description. Yeah. And it had Nick in the credits. And I remember talking to Ashley and be like, oh, my God, we're going to get some worried Will here. Because, like, there's no way they have Will in this episode and he's not just a mess. 
but he was doing shots with Ruse Water at Molly's while his brother was in the See, hospital. the thing is, okay. I don't think I would, I mean, obviously, like, sure, looking back on it now, I'm like, why don't we have that scene? But in that moment, I mean, granted, again, I watched this late, but I don't know if I would have thought that, because at that point, Med hadn't aired yet. So we only knew Will from what we knew of him in PD, because Med also true. aired, like, later that season, I mean, like, November or whatever that season, and this would have been, like, September. Yeah. So, like, That's we didn't know Will too. in the same way that we know Will now. We only knew, like, party boy Will, essentially. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and just in that scene, too, and I get that, you know, Jay's okay and everything, but he's like, he's like, Jay knew what he signed up for. I'm like, hey, like, your brother was just, like, hung up like a piece of meat. Like, have some compassion Well, here. and my guess is, honestly, is that if Will did try to go visit him in the hospital, Jay's like, no, 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 like... You can come visit me. Thanks for visiting, but like, don't stay. Yeah, Jay would probably be like, "I'm fine. Get out." Because Jay doesn't. Jay's not about that fanfare. Yeah. So. But yeah, so they toast to Jay, and that is that in terms of the Jay storyline and the case. Well, really, just the whole episode. But there are other things we need to talk about. There are there are a few other things to talk about with this episode that I've I've very professionally marked other stuff. (laughs) Other stuff. Yeah, so we get a little bit more of Berzik in this episode at the end. Uh, Roman's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. And Burgess is like, yeah, but like, I mean, no risk, no reward. As the subtext of that being like, yeah, Roman, shut the fuck up because nobody likes you. Just like give all the middle fingers to Roman right there. All of the middle fingers. like All of the middle just, fingers. All of them. I, I tried so hard to like Sean Roman. I did. It never happened. Yeah. Never happened. Nope. Can we speak so, of Roman real quick, though? The text that Ashley sent the other day. Oh, because we didn't put this in news. But hold on. The thing about Brian Garrity and Marina getting cast in, like, an indie film or whatever. Together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Ashley texts you. What did she say? Oh, she's like, Gina's favorite couple is reuniting. And then you were like, wait, what What favorite couple? And Ashley's like, Burgess and Roman. Duh. now i will say in full disclosure there is something i wrote for talk nerdy with us like three years ago about why i thought burgess and roman could work it's on our website if you want to go find it it's still up it is still up i wrote it i I know i did i think i put it on music molly's i think i think you did yeah you did yeah i take full ownership but let's just put it this way present day gina does not agree with past gina so good no. I mean, logically, there were reasons why they could have worked, but... Could have worked. Was, Looking back on it, it did not work. No. It, it was a be careful what you wish for kind of thing for me. I was like, they could work. And then once they finally happened, I was like, oh, no, I don't want this. Well, and I think it's just like, had it gone slightly even different direction, maybe they could have worked, but like, they didn't go that right way. I'm sorry, any guy who tells you I love you probably is probably not a keeper. He also could not have loved, like, he did not love her, but that's a whole different thing. Right, just, that's, that's a whole other story for another time. Maybe we should dissect one of those episodes just so we can actually go through and be like, what actually happened and like put the, make the record straight. Straight, not straight. Yes, let's do the one when Burgess finally kisses Roman. Just so we can, like, actually dissect it and be like, were they actually together? The answer is no. Yeah. Maybe we should do sure. one of those at some point. We, we we should. We definitely should. And we should be drunk when we do it. Oh, my God. Yeah. So bad. This is also the episode when Burgess finds the needle in Roman's bag. Whatever. 
I mean, it's a sweet storyline. It ends up being a sweet storyline, and it's a really good attempt to try to make us like Roman, but it's too little too late. Yeah. It, I mean, it, again, yeah, had this been done, like, middle season two, maybe. The only time I've ever liked Roman, and by like I mean not hated, was after Atwater got demoted and he was talking to Roman about, he was like, yeah, I've been looking into, like, some sort of a private security gig. And Roman basically told him to cut the shit and, like, get your confidence back. That's the only time I've ever been like, solid advice, Roman. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. But otherwise, I was always like, shut up, Roman. Go away, Roman. I can't stand you, Roman. Yeah. Very good point. Oh, my God. How awkward would it be now between him and Antonio about Brett? Wait, what? Remember Burgess slept with, or not Burgess, Brett slept with Roman? Wait, what? Yes. Oh, you don't remember this. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. When did she ever sleep with him? Season finale of Chicago Fire season... Three? Three? She slept with Roman? She hooked up with him. What? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. Now am I about to, like... When we get off this call, we're, I'm going to go, well, when we finish recording, I'm going to pull up the clip and, like, we're going to watch this together. And, like, yeah. just so I can see. Because I don't remember I'm this. pretty sure that it's season three of Fire Finale. I'm pretty sure. Um, Brett is still partnered with Chili. And that is all I remember. I remember there kind of being, like, a mutual interest, but I don't ever remember them hooking up. They hooked up. Really? Yep. Brett, what are you thinking? God. This was pre-Bretonio, but man, it would be really interesting and kind of awkward around the 21st if he were still around. Oh, jeez. Anyway, there's also the whole storyline about Alinsky and Michelle, but I really didn't have a lot to say about this because it was such a dropped storyline. Nobody understands it. What the point of it was. I really wish they had followed it through. Yeah. Well, and the question now, I mean, granted, the question in season three was also, you know, what the hell is Michelle doing now? Like, I mean, her mom's in jail. She's not with Alinsky. Now that Alinsky's dead, what? I don't know. Yeah. Now, the mom was supposed to do four years. It's been like three. So she could have gotten out early for good behavior. Yeah. Let's just imagine that. She didn't go away for murder or anything. So she could have gotten out easy for good behavior or overcrowding or whatever. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Man. <sighs> You're still looking for this Brett and Roman hookup, aren't you? Um, when we get off, we're, um, well, when we finish recording, we're going to watch. The, um, yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, I think that's all we've got for 301. Are there any other things about this episode that we need to address, Brenna? Just one of the best episodes PD's ever done. Like, really. And I say that not down. even just as, like, from a Lindsay point of view. Like, it's just so good. But it's so hard to watch yes it, i mean it is but like it's so good also a super small berzik moment that i'll point out that i just love is when after burgess finds the needle and ruzik brings them shots and he just puts one in front of roman and then he puts one in front of burgess and he's like baby like i just miss berzik yeah oh it hurts so good it hurts so good yes yes indeed yeah so I think that's about all we've got for this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just like, feels. Feels everywhere. All of the feels. All of the feels. So many feels. As usual, listeners, our dear listeners, who we love very much, um, you can find us all over social media. 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. It's meet us at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime. We've got to catch up on our inbox. We have had, we've had a few emails in the past couple of days that we've seen, but we haven't had the chance to respond. Real life is doing that thing, guys. It's doing that thing where it gets in the way and it's just like, stop it. Yep. But yeah, email us anytime at meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. If you love the show, which we really hope you do because we love recording it and putting it out there for you guys, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate that and love it very, very much. Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna. I'm at Bryna K13. You are literally face palming over there. Did you find the hookup? No. Just face palming <laughs> at NBA because basketball Twitter is ablaze. Basketball Twitter is ablaze and. And things. And things. things. Follow me for basketball stuff because I can't stay away. <laughs> and yeah, otherwise, that's about all we've got. We don't know what we're going to cover next, but if you have any suggestions, please send them our way. And we will see you guys next time. Bye.